Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Well, another week, not another dollar, but another furious week uh, fraught with all kinds of uncertainties, problems, aggravations. Uh, I don't know where where we're going in this country. Uh, things aren't good. We will survive because I believe our Constitution will carry us through. That's assuming Trump gets beat at, in the next election or he gets impeached before that. Uh, so it's just terrible confusion. I don't know how the hell a country like ours is. Our country's like a business. How can we function with all these disturbances and adverse things happening? How do we succeed? We're going to do it because that's the nature of the beast, we being the beast of the United States. We always have when we have had a problem. But this is a problem to the extreme in the form of Donald Trump. Tonight, we're going to go to Washington, D.C., Rome, Italy, Venezuela, Rockland County, New York, Okinawa, Key West, Cuba, and China. And we're going to cover things like this is the first one. It's number one on the agenda tonight. Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And we're going to talk about Pope Francis, the Vatican, and homosexuality. We're going to talk about the Japanese World War II battleship Yamato uh, and the battle for Okinawa. We're going to talk about recyclables, Ernest Hemingway, and a few other items depending on time. Starting now, Ben and Jerry ice cream. Ben and Jerry's ice cream is one of the best ice creams in the world. Uh, I can't say I eat eat it and enjoy it frequently. We have all kinds of ice cream stores here in Key West. Um, We have two Ben and Jerry's, I believe, and occasionally I will stop into one. Uh, Good stuff. Well, this is Ben and Jerry's ice cream free cone day. Ben and Jerry's free cone day. And what they're doing today, and this is the seventh successive year, they have done this. They are giving free cones of ice cream to everyone who comes in the store. No money changes hands today. Uh, you can come in and you can get one, two, three ice cream cones. You know, if you have one, you enjoy it, you want another one, they'll give you another one free. If you've never, and they want to do this because they want to say thank you to their existing customer base, and also they want to induce uh other persons who have not ever tried Ben and Jerry ice cream, and if you can't, haven't, you should. Uh, and they want them to come in and have free ice cream cones. Uh, so perhaps if they enjoy it, they will be customers. So our store in Key West, 124 Duval Street, uh, had the game today. It was from noon to 8, and I assume they got rid of a lot of ice cream. Moving on, we're going to talk now about... Names, you know, I hesitated here uh, because I got a couple of things involving Trump and calling people names today, and I didn't know which one I was going to next. Donald Trump has a habit, and I don't think it's a nice one. I don't think it's a gentlemanly one. Uh, I do not think it's in good taste. I still think good taste should prevail in most things. Uh, maybe I'm being old school. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, 
during the course of the primary, during the course of the campaign, he calls everybody names. He made up names for his opponents in the primary and made up names for Hillary Clinton. And right now, whenever he's got somebody zeroing in on or he's irritated with or just put it bluntly pissed off with, he makes up a name about them and he tries to make fun of them in this fashion. Uh, and to his supporters, he's successful. To those of us who do not support him, we think he's a horse's ass. But that's the way it is. Now, Jerry Nadler is a congressman from New York. He is the head of the House Judiciary Committee, one of the committees now looking into Donald Trump and his activities big time. This is a threat. Nadler's committee is a threat. He's threatening to get a subpoena out and go to court if he does not get the full Mueller report and get it soon. Now, what did Trump say yesterday about Jerry Nadler? By the way, Jerry Nadler, 12, 13 years. Jerry was a big guy. 12, 13 years ago, he had bypass surgery. Uh, and as most people have bypassed, they thin down and they gain some weight back. So he's not skinny, but he's not fat anymore. But what is he? What did, what did Trump call him yesterday, Jerry Nadler? He called him Fat Jerry. Fat Jerry. Now, this is the pot calling the kettle black. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, because look at Donald Trump. He's no sleek gentleman. He's not thin at all. And believe me, the eyes don't lie. He is bigger, but oh, so much bigger than Jerry Nadler. And if Trump doesn't watch out, someday someone's going to say, and this could happen in the near future, Fat Donald. How do you think he'd come with somebody called him Fat Donald? He'd have a heart attack, the president. He'd go crazy. Or how about this? Fat ass, because that title does fit our president. Now, I'm being disrespectful, probably, but that's what he is. He's fat, and he's an ass, I think. So uh, watch out what you do, Mr. President. You call Nedler, Jerry Nedler, Fat Jerry. Somebody's going to call you Fat Donald or Fat S, and then you're going to get really irritated and be upset. But that's what you deserve, uh, because you're just getting... You're giving. You're getting back what you. You're giving what you gave, tit for tat. Okay, that's what it is, and that's the way things are in this world. Uh, you do something to me, I'm going to do it back to you in return. Everyone's been afraid, but I think the fear of Donald Trump is becoming less and less. Now I'm going to go into some deep stuff, some exciting stuff. Many of you will be offended. Uh, so let me, as a precursor to what I'm going to talk about, advise as follows. I'm going to be talking about the Catholic Church, the Pope Francis, the Vatican, homosexuality in the Vatican, because this is big, and it's getting bigger by the day. And the reason it's important to talk about it, and I'm a fallen away Catholic, but I still believe in God, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and I think these things have to be talked about. You can't cover certain things over. The, uh, what about him? He's uh, Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Remember Steve Bannon? Trump became president. He was assisting Trump during the primaries. Then uh, he was part of his campaign committee and then part of his election committee. And for a while there, he had a seat in the White House. He sat at the right hand of God, right next to Donald Trump. He was considered for a while the person in the West Wing most influential. 
most influential on Donald Trump, even more so than Jared Kirshner, okay, his son-in-law, very influential. Now, Bannon, recall, was a troublemaker. Bannon's whole goal in life, and most of you read about him back then, Bannon's whole goal in life is to bring down existing governments. I don't think he does this for any political reason. He does it for the fun of it. He wants to destroy existing government and change it to another form. And he was influencing and didn't influence greatly Donald Trump. Now, why am I getting into all this with the papacy and so forth and Steve Bannon? Because Steve Bannon is over in the Vatican now. Together with, by the way, Newt Gingrich, and he's going to get into this little story at the end. Here's what's happening, my friends. Uh, Bannon is helping to screw the Catholic Church up today. We're screwed up. I mean, we have a homosexual problem in the Church, worse than you can believe. Uh, I've been reading this book by Frederick Martel. just came out in the closet, notice the word closet, of the Vatican, Power, Homosexuality, Hypocrisy, Magnificent. This book is such an eye-opener. And what it really does, it amplifies things that have been going on that no one put together in one big, real book to read. It sets the whole story out. Bannon is seeking to overthrow Pope Francis, who happens to be a very good guy. He's seeking to overthrow Pope Francis, and he's working with, a group of homosexual cardinals who are very powerful. By the way, so you don't misunderstand me, I'm going to shock you. 80% of the cardinals, based on this book, are deemed to be homosexuals. 80% of the priests working in the Vatican are considered to be homosexual. For years, the Vatican has been considered the safest place <clears throat> excuse me, in the world for homosexuals. And Bannon is in there, and he's working with Cardinal Paul Bur Raymond Burke. I'm sorry, Raymond Burke. Now, Cardinal Burke uh, is an American cardinal, and he's leader of the rabble cardinal group, I would say, in this country, the group that supports homosexuality, but they don't come out and say it openly. Uh Francis called a synod recently, a three-day synod. It's a meeting. We've got to deal with a problem. And he brought the cardinals in, and he says, hey, guys, we've got a problem. We have this homosexual problem. Now, he ties it into everything, the Pope pedophilia and everything else. Now, I don't know how the two are connected. Some people have been writing me and saying, you cannot be a pedophile. One who's a pedophile is not necessarily a homosexual. I, I don't see the difference. I understand the distinction. Uh, one goes after kids, one goes after adults. Some, though, are bisexual in the sense they go after both. But anyhow, Burke's the leader of this group. They are closet homosexuals. They are closet homosexuals, and they're described as homophobics. Homophobics. Now, you know what a homophobic is. They're people who say homosexuals are bad. They're terrible. They're going to go to hell. This is a cover. These cardinals and these priests are in the closet. And what Francis wants is for everybody to come out of the closet. we got to have transparency. we got to come out in the open. Because he says, who says that God doesn't love homosexuals? Remember that? 
And there are a group of homosexuals who have come out and are not a, not homosexual, a homosexual priest, cardinals who have come out and are, have not been afraid to do so. But most of the cardinals have not. Uh, they claim, oh, my God, you know, homosexuals are bad. And somewhere in this book I'm reading, it said that homophobic rigidity, where you find homophobic rigidity, it's like the lady doth protest too much. The lady doth protest too much. Now, I, I like that word lady. I'm not trying to be insulting to the Catholic Church, but we have to face up to certain facts. Uh, Francis has been retur- referred to as a voice for goodness, a fighter for goodness, a man who is running the church, operating the church amongst queens, Q-U-E-E-N-S, in quotes, queens. You know what a queen is. Homosexuals are queens, some of them. And here's Francis, who's not a homosexual, they say, in the midst of the queens who are fighting with him like hell. And guiding Burke and his group is Steve Bannon. He's over there in Rome. He's been there for months in the Vatican. Uh, He loves this. He wants to take down an existing government, the Catholic Church, the Vatican. Here's what Burke and Bannon want. They want a second Vatican, physically, uh, buildings, walled in, outside of the present uh, Vatican, okay? And they want it, they say, for traditional Catholics and for political conservatives. Well, we know what a political conservative is. These are the guys part of the right, the evangelicals, for example. And for traditional traditional Catholics, uh, this is a weak spot in my religion. Uh, There was a time the Mass was said in Latin. For some reason, years ago, they decided to change it to English. For years, our altar faced the wall. Now they turned it around and faces the congregation. We never sang in church when I was a kid. I became an adult, a practicing lawyer. Now they tell me I have to sing during Mass. Very uncomfortable uh, if you haven't done these things. And the Latin was the biggest part because I was an altar boy. I knew all the Latin responses. Anyhow, uh, a lot of Catholics over the years feel very badly that their mass was changed abruptly. It was an abrupt change. Everything at one time. Too much to handle. Believe me, too much to handle. Uh, So they feel they've got a weak part of the laity, and they can grab them for the new Vatican. And here's another story about this new Vatican I want to share with you. And I'm going to give you a couple of quotes out of Frederick Martel's book that I told you about, In the Closet of the Vatican, Power, Homosexuality, Hypocrisy. This just came out in eight countries, bestseller. Uh, There is a James Allison, an openly gay English priest, highly respected, though, for his theological writings on the subject of gay priests. And he summed up, uh, or he said, about how the priests, those who are homosexuals, would say, oh, we're not, nobody should be, are attacking and want to kill, in effect, the Pope. And here's what he said, and I quote, it's the revenge of the closet. The term closet's important. It's the revenge of the closet. It's the vengeance of the closet, okay? The... Homosexual cardinals in the closet. These are the guys that say, oh, we hate 
homosexuals were not, but they really are, declared war on Francis. Yes, because Francis was encouraging gays to come out of the closet. And these cardinals don't want to come out of the closet. They're secure there. They're living high style. And why should they come out and say, I'm a homosexual? homosexual? They don't like that. Uh, now there's a Luigi Gioia, an Italian Benedictine monk, monk in Rome. And now Francis wants to reform the church and bring the homosexual cardinals and priests out of the closet, especially those operating out of the Vatican. And he said, and I quote, Francis, by wanting to reform the Vatican, made the structure unstable for closeted homosexual priests. That's what explains their violent reaction and their hatred of him. They're scared, unquote. They're scared. They don't want the world to know that that's the nature of the beast as far as they're concerned. They are homosexual uh, persons. Now, in the Synod, this three-day Synod, Francis took a beating. The whole world knows Francis took a beating. He won on a lot of minority things, but three big things. Uh, that he needed to help him deal with the homosexual problem, the cardinals voted down. Remember I said 80% of the cardinals, based on this book, say that uh, the book says 80% of the cardinals are homosexuals in the Catholic Church. Uh, And there's another quote in the book that says, and I quote, Francis had lost a battle, but he hasn't lost the war. Because, and they say, he's stubborn, he's hard-headed, uh, he'll keep going at this till he gets it right. Interesting. Which now, where am I now, brings me to, and I'm still staying with this. I'm not done with this Catholic Church thing. And I'm not ashamed to talk about it. I want you to understand that. Because somebody's got to talk about these things. They're coming out of the closet. They also, Bannon, this is Bannon's idea, by the way. Bannon, want, what, the way Bannon wants to deal with the homosexual problem, he sees these things a little farther than some of the cardinals involved. He thinks there should be a court system similar to the United States court system, what would sit in this new Vatican in Rome, okay, and the judge, no jury, would hear cases uh, and decide the severity of the penalty, whether there actually was homosexuality, etc. The bottom line, behind the scenes, the behind the scenes thinking is this way they control the decisions. It's their court. It's the homosexuals court. How many homosexuals are going to be hurt under the circumstances? Now, let's go to Newt Gingrich. I hope you're not offended by this, but this is something we got to talk about. It's there. It's been out there for a couple of years. It's been out for 20, 30 years with, with pedophiles, even though some people I've discussed this with tell me, well, a pedophile's not a homosexual. But if he's chasing a young boy and he wants to have sexual relations with him, it seems to me that's homosexuality. There's a fine distinction, but that's homosexuality. Okay. Newt Gingrich. Now, Newt's not the nicest of guys, hasn't been the best of politicians, though he was a good politician, a powerful one. He was Speaker of the House. He became Speaker when the Republicans took over for the first time in 30 or 40 years, the House of Representatives. Um, Remember this about Gingrich. While he was pursuing Clinton for Clinton's affair with Monica Lewinsky in the Oval Office, and seeking to have him impeached, he was a whore. 
English was a whore. Because at the same time, he was in the midst of a six-year affair with the woman that's now his third wife, Calissa, Calissa Gingrich. And uh, afterwards he admitted it when this whole thing was over. But here he's chasing Clinton for the same thing he was doing. Uh, So it doesn't make sense. Anyhow, guess who is the present United States ambassador to the Vatican? It's Calissa Gingrich. Yes, Newt's wife is the United States ambassador. That's a big job when you're ambassador to the Vatican. Uh, And Newt, of course, stays with her in Rome and is recognized as one having great influence in American politics by Burke's group, the homosexual group that says they're not homosexuals. And uh, it's a terrible situation. Now, why did Callista become the ambassador. Why did Trump want her? Well, Newt Gingrich is involved in this thing. And uh, here's the real story. The Pope, Pope Francis, has spoken out against Trump a couple of times, not directly, but inferred things. And here's where he and Trump don't get along, and Trump is shot back at him each time. The Pope believes that that, uh, Trump did badly at the southern border by putting kids in cages, taking children out of their mother's arms, separating children from their parents, who, and they may never see their the children may never see their parents again, and so forth. He also believes in climate change. Trump doesn't believe in climate change. So they've been at a war, these two issues. Occasionally you will read comments going back and forth. Uh, so Callista's got the job because Newt, I think they walk hand in hand, Bannon and Newt. Uh, They may not be embracing totally, but they both have the same objective, to be in positions of influence and control, and Bannon to bring down the existing Catholic Church. Which now brings me to 21 minutes into this show. I knew this was going to take a long time, uh, the Catholic Church. I want to talk about Venezuela quickly here. Venezuela. Trump says, oh, my God, there is a humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. The people have nothing to eat. Well, I got to say, ass, they had nothing to eat five years ago. If you were on your toes, you would have known that five years ago they ran out of food. They ate their pets. Then they attacked the zoos, ate the animals there. Then they ate the grass. Then they dug up the earth and ate the roots. And then they learned how to eat every other day, including babies. They had no milk from for them. They made something from the roots for, with water for the babies to drink every other day. But now we have a humanitarian crisis, because not because he cares about the people, but he and Russia both want Venezuela's oil. Venezuela has the highest oil reserves in the world. They're lousy business people, that's all, or their people wouldn't be starving. But that's the reason why he called this humanitarian crisis. And about a month or two ago, uh, Trump sent troops down to, to Colombia to sit on the border with Venezuela. Remember he said, I may have to invade Venezuela because of the humanitarian crisis. Well, did you ever hear, I think there were 3,500 troops. Did you ever hear of any of them going into Venezuela? No, and I'll tell you why. See, Trump doesn't know what he's doing all the time. He shoots from the hip, 
and then he finds out something or he learns something and realizes what he intended to do, he can't do. So all of a sudden that issue is nothing and he backs off of it. Here's the story. Venezuela has some pretty good military equipment, as it turns out. The people may not have gotten food, but they got military equipment. And what they have are very highly effective S-300 anti-air systems. This is supposed to be top-shelf things. Uh, It's unlikely that we would have a military campaign against Venezuela, and the reason being that we would have to have boots on the ground in order to effectively take over the country. But in order to have boots on the ground and protect our military on the ground, we need air cover. We have nothing to counteract Venezuela's S-300 air support support systems. We have nothing. Their S-300s are superior to anything we have. Uh, They have six systems of these S-300s. Each knocks out, each has the capacity in a matter of minutes or seconds to put down, knock out 25 U.S. planes. And in one sortie, that means 130 U.S. planes will go down at one time. Stay with me on this. And what am I talking about? U.S. fighters, bombers, attack planes, and ballistic missiles. The hit rate by the Venezuelans on our air power, power would be 85 to 90%. Their S 300s would knock down 85 to 90% of our planes, so we can't send our guys in on the ground because they're going to get the shit knocked out of them and die because Donald didn't look at this thing properly. Another thing, do you know, did you know about this before I shared this with you? Another thing that's going on uh, with, with um, the United States and Venezuela. We have sanctions. Trump loves to sanction. Uh, and I think sanctions are an effective weapon. If you can sanction rather than shoot shoot people, better you go to sanctions. Well, we have sanctions. The United States has sanctions imposed on Venezuela. Recently, recall this too, Venezuela and Cuba are very good friends. The Castro brothers took very good care of the of Venezuelan people the best they could and backed them all the time. And there are 35 ships were on their way and two companies, Venezuelan companies, bringing oil. They're transporting oil from Venezuela to Cuba. 35 Venezuelan ships and two companies are involved in legally transporting oil from Venezuela to Cuba. And Trump imposed sanctions on those 35 ships, their owners, and two companies who were transporting the oil. Uh not a nice thing, okay? Cuba needs the oil. We were making friends with Cuba. Now we're not making friends anymore. Pence, Vice President Pence, he is as bad, if not worse, than Donald Trump because Pence looks like goody-goody two-shoes. You know, he's got his white hair. It's down nice. Uh, he, he speaks of God all the time. Uh But watch when he speaks of God. He generally speaks of God only when he speaks of sexual matters. Uh Watch watch how he talks when he talks about God another time. But he said that he's very concerned about this humanitarian crisis, Pence. He never talks about these things, but he says, hey, he says, Venezuela's oil belongs to the Venezuelan people. (laughs) 
like got to use the oil <laughs> to help the people who have a power problem, we know. But they've always had a power problem for the last 10 years in Venezuela. It, it's like when I was in, where was I? Uh, oh, T- not Tijuana, uh, Acapulco years ago. I went there a couple of times. The lights always went out in Acapulco. They had a power problem. That's commonplace in, in these Central American countries. But, you know, they twist things. Venezuelan oil belongs to the Venezuelan people. That, those 35 ships and two companies sending oil to Cuba, that was money that was going to get back into the Venezuelan economy. All right? So he was out of line again. Then, you know who's involved in this whole thing also? John Bolton. He's a neocon. He's got that white tash. John Bolton's no good, okay? He wants us to go to war every place. He wants us to dominate the world militarily. He has screwed up more deals for us, if you watch how these things go, by going over and making such ultimate and superior demands that the person he's negotiating with can't meet them and everything gets blown up, okay? And he says these sanctions against these 35 ships and two companies are only a first. Well, that's the show for tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. A little bit different, I think, tonight. Uh, I hope I did not offend you by getting into the Catholic Church, but we have to get into the Catholic Church, uh, especially when you got a guy like Steve Bannon who wants to bring Francis and the Vatican down and create a whole new Vatican, even physically with new buildings, okay, and put the purported homosexual cardinals in charge. So that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. I did. Again, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Please join me again next week. I love you people. My numbers keep going up. I say it every week. Uh, This this show has gone over tremendously. And I thank you again. Tell your friends to listen if you like it so much. I'll be with you again next week.